And if there's no uh, if there's no balls, he's throwing rocks at me. And, and no, no, no joke. He was throwing rocks. And uh, and, my, and for me, I'm like, I'm not backing down to my my brother here. Right. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to another episode of the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I am your host, Coach Damon, and on this show, it is my job to track down the best goalies, the best coaches, best trainers in our sport, interview them, and tease out the details of what makes them so great. What are the mindsets that they have? What are the drills that they do? How do they think about this position? So you can take some of their eliteness and work it into your own game to become a better lacrosse goalie, a better lacrosse goalie mom or dad, or a better lacrosse goalie coach. My guest on today's show is one of the greats. Many consider him one of the most successful and accomplished goaltenders in the history of the sport. It's Greg the Cat Catrano. Catrano played for lacrosse powerhouse Ward Melville on Long Island. I actually just interviewed another goalie, Colin Krieg, who played for Ward Melville um, out of Long Island in 92. 1992, his team won the New York State Lacrosse Championship. After high school, Catrano attended Brown University, and in 1997, his senior year, he was Goalie of the Year, winning Goalie of the Year award honors along with all Ivy League, all New England, Brown Bears team MVP, twice voted a All-American. After college, Catrano had a very successful pro career. He started in the NLL, played a few seasons there, and then when the MLL started in its inaugural season 2001, Catrano uh also played there, winning championships in three out of the first five seasons of the league. And you don't do that without an elite goalie. His leadership skills helped guide the barrage from a 1-11 and record in 2003 to champions in 2004. Pretty impressive. Catrano is one of the few goalies to win multiple Goalie of the Year awards at the Pro level. So ladies and gentlemen, you're going to learn a ton. Please enjoy this conversation with Greg Catrano. Before we begin this episode with Greg, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own Goalie Summit. June 8th through 11th of this year, 17 of the best lacrosse coaches in the game gathered for a four-day virtual event. And for anyone that attended, you will agree with me in saying it was amazing. These coaches brought the goods, teaching you different mindsets for the mental game, teaching you drills to improve agility or balance or specific technique, teaching you clearing techniques, teaching you how to string sticks. So much amazing stuff. And for the listeners of this podcast, I'm offering a special deal in that you can buy the replays. 17 elite sessions, that's over 17 hours of training. It's something like ridiculously cheap. It works out to like $4 an hour, which is absurd when you think about it. Most private lacrosse goalie training goes for well over $100 an hour. So this is pennies on the dollar. And not only that, you get to interact with coaches that you never would in your hometown. 
amazing, amazing stuff. These coaches brought the goods. Thank you for them. If you want to pick up that VIP pass and get access to elite training, go to www.goaliesummit.com. www.goaliesummit.com. Now, enjoy the show. Well, cool. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Greg Catrano, one of the most, I would say, successful, most accomplished goaltenders in the history of our sport. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you, Damon. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad we we're able to do this. Um, I always start back at the very beginning. Now, you and me are a little bit older. I don't know if you, uh, if, if you remember it, but do you remember the first time you actually jumped into goal? I, I actually do. I was uh, eight years old. Uh, I remember my father needed a goalie uh, for a game. He was the coach. So, and uh, I guess one of the goalies didn't show up to play. And, you know, my dad's the coach. He's, he wasn't going to throw someone else's son in the goal. So he decided, hey, you're going to play goal today. And um, I remember it was against, uh, I was playing the Three Village uh, program, Ward Melville, uh, feeds into Ward Melville uh, High School. And we were playing Garden City, another powerhouse program. And I got a shutout. I think it was eight nothing, uh, the score. Uh, I can't remember if I actually made any saves, but I still got a shutout. So, <laughs> but that was, that was the first time. So it was a good experience. I love it. A shutout in your very first uh, start in goal. So to set a little context, like you grew up um, on Long Island, right? Kind of a, kind of a lacrosse hotbed and you're jumping in there at, at eight years old. Did, did you have any instruction or it's just kind of, here's the, here's the gear, get in there and figure it out. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, lots of instruction coming from the Three Village uh, program. Uh, countless uh, number of coaches who, who really started the program a long time ago, back in the 70s and into the 80s when I started. Um, but I do remember the first time I stepped into a gym uh, for a clinic. And, uh, you know, I wasn't playing goalie at the time. I actually, uh, you know, a bunch of coaches there, some college players uh, uh, from North Carolina that graduated from, I mean, great, great group of people. And I remember throw, they threw me a ground ball and I didn't scoop it up. Right. I couldn't scoop it. <laughs> okay. So I tried again, they rolled it out, tried to scoop it up again. Couldn't do it. Third time I scooped it and then threw, threw a shot on the goal, empty net and ball went in, ran out of the gym crying. I swore I would never play the sport again to my dad. <laughs> because I was like embarrassed. I didn't want anything to do with it at that point. <laughs> but uh, why? like you, you threw, you, you scored the I, goal I scored. or someone scored on you? No, I scored. Oh. And I, I was just after the first couple of times of failing and not pick it up. I, I, I'm like, I'm playing baseball, gotcha. you know, one of those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause my dad wanted me to try lacrosse and I was a baseball guy, you know, eight, eight years old. Right. <laughs> what do I know? Yeah. Right. You know, but he knew my path. So, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Eight years old, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I grew up in California in the nineties and I was playing soccer and baseball and no lacrosse, but yeah, you know, what do you know as a kid at, at that, at that age, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, well, awesome. So then you're kind of, you know, from eight years old, you know, where does it, where does it go from there? Do you transition more into full-time goalie? Are you still splitting time between, you know, playing MIDI or how, how did your, how did your path go? I was playing a little midi attack goalie. And then, you know, I, I played that one game in goal and I kind of just stuck with it. Right. I felt like I have a good feel. I, you know, I growing up to, you know, I have an older brother, three years older than me. Um, you know, he found that he had someone to shoot on now. Right. So, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, I'm eight, nine, 10 years old. He's three years older. So this is like a dream come true. You know, we go into the yard 
you know, a couple of cross balls, goal, just to get someone to shoot on. Of course, he's shooting right at me as opposed to trying to hit the net. He's just trying to hurt me, right? And if there's no uh, if there's no balls, he's throwing rocks at me. And, and no, no, no joke. He was throwing rocks. And uh, and, my, and for me, I'm like, I'm not backing down to my my brother here, right? Uh, you know, he's uh, I'm going to save everything he throws my way, even if it's multiple rocks at the same time. And, you know, fortunately, I, I was and I really got into it. It was that challenge. Right. And that's what made me love the position even more. And that's what really got me going. So I owe a lot to my brother just early on in my career. I mean, career when I say like nine, 10 years old, like he helped develop me by really pushing me and challenging me to stop him. Right. And it put me into that kind of aggressive mindset early on and such. And I, re, I remember all of it. You know, it's one of those things, you know, you don't remember much from when you're eight, nine, 10 years old. But I remember being in the yard. And having some, you know, my brother pick not just one rock, you know, a bunch of rocks and just throw them at me. He probably was just mad at me that day. Um, but it was like, I'm not going to back down. And I think that really framed my, you know, my aggressive thinking to the position at such an early age. And I just wanted to continue with it. Yeah, I love it. It's such a, it's such a common story for lacrosse goalies. You know, I, I posted something a long time ago and it's like, there's basically three reasons people become a goalie. And the number one was like, they have an older brother or an older sister who wants somebody to shoot on. That's like the number one reason. But you also, like that scenario, you also become a great goalie. <laughs> um, I talked to, you know, Megan Taylor, uh, who won the Torriton on the women's side, and she, it was the same thing. Like her brother wanted somebody to shoot on. Hey, Megan, get in the goal. And then, you know, because you're constantly trying to get better, constantly working with your sibling, like you end up becoming a really great goalie. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? I would 100% agree with that. Uh, yeah. Like I said, if if it wasn't for my brother, I, I honestly, I'll, I credit him with everything. Uh, if mm. it wasn't for him and just countless days being in the yard, challenging me, you know, for hours, you know, uh, I probably wouldn't have lasted as a goalie. Honestly, I, I think I might've played another position. I loved the sport back then, even, you know, 10, 11, I, I was still in love with the sport at that point, you know, um, but I probably would not have played goalie. I mean, that's, yeah. 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 Um, if your brother took 10 shots at 12 yards, how many is he scoring today? <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, four, I'm 45. He's 48. Um, he's, he's not scoring any. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He, he's not scoring. And he knows it too. He'd, he'd give you the same number. <laughs> yeah, you know, zero. Most likely he'll just throw him right at me anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, well, cool. So, so you and your brother are kind of working in the, in the backyard, you know, as you think about like going into junior high, going into high school, like, was there a certain um, moment where everything just clicked or was it, you know, one camp or one season where, Hey, I really kind of figured out this goalie position, or do you think it was just kind of a natural sort of linear progression and uh, how you got, how you got better? Uh, mostly a, a linear uh, progression. Uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, just uh, such early, I was just, I was working hard from the beginning. I, just, I wanted to play the position when I realized that's what I wanted to do. And I just continued to work hard and getting into middle school. Uh, I remember Murphy junior high school, seventh grade, you know, trying out for the team. And then really, I, I don't, th I, th I think that one, I didn't, I think I led like two goals all year long over like nine games. Um, and just felt like just was in love with the position. Like great, you know, great teammates too. Like it was, it was great to be around other players that I was growing up with who had passion for the sport as well. So it was kind of one of those things like we were always together and always playing. So it really helped develop my own game. I wanted to be a part of it, you know, because they made some tremendous friendships through it and still friends with a lot of players. I played within seventh and eighth and ninth grade. Right. So 
um, you know, that helped develop my own game because we were all working together. And that was, that was part of the whole culture of the Three Village and Ward Melville uh, program, right? Everybody worked together from such a young age. So when they get to the, you know, the pinnacle, the, you know, the Ward Melville High School, that, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, right? You've already been playing together for years. Mm-hmm. So, and you all, you, you, you got to know everyone's tendencies and enjoyed playing with one another. So I, it, but for me, it was more of a linear progression, just continue and improve each year. Yeah. I guess if you're coming from a background of your having your brother throw uh, rocks at you, sometimes multiple rocks, uh, you're not so afraid of the lacrosse ball as it's coming. Cause a lot of kids, when they start out at that age, like you see it all the time, right? Like, you know, you kind of, you kind of duck a little bit, you kind of have a hitch as the ball comes. Um, so I imagine that wasn't a part of your game and that allowed you to, I don't know, see the ball and just use your natural reflexes. Right. Yeah. I learned early, like it was more of a mental thing for me that I really developed early on. Like, you know, the natural thing is to be afraid of getting hit with a cross ball because, Oh, I might feel the pain or it might give me a bruise. Right. And that's natural to think, you know, no one likes to get hurt. Right. However, I looked as I wanted you know, of course I wanted to save the ball by stick, but I wanted to make the save. So I was not afraid for it to hit my body, whether in practice or games, because I knew I was making a save. So I had this mindset and it's kind of, you know, people call us crazy as goalies, right? But I, I think everyone else is crazy uh, for not playing. But um, I, I try to hurt the ball, right? <laughs> like I wanted to be as aggressive as possible. I want that ball leaving the field hurting. <laughs> like that it. ball is going to go through some pain because I was going to stop it every single time. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the mental aspect that I brought to it, that aggressive mindset. And that carried me through middle school into high school, college professional. Like I was going to make sure I was attacking that ball. That's, that's how I played very aggressive. When I wasn't playing well, I was not attacking. I was letting the ball play me. I was letting the ball hurt me in a way, you know? So no, early on, I just wasn't, I, I never feared it at all. It was just one of those, you know, things I, yeah, if someone threw a ball at me right now, I'd probably kind of maybe duck away a little bit. Um, <laughs> but back then it was like, bring it on, man. It's no different. You look at it like if you throw me, you know, back then you throw me in the goal, someone throws the cross ball. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to attack it. That's my natural tendency, right? That's what I want to do. You throw like a, an attackman or a midi or defenseman into the goal and you fire a 90 mile per hour shot at them. What are they going to do? They're, mo- they're mostly going to move out of the way. Right. I mean, that's just their, that's their natural tendency. Right. So us goalies have just had to think a lot differently. Yeah. We're a little bit crazy. Um, but hearing that you wanted to hurt the lacrosse ball takes the crazy level to, to a level that I, that we have not seen on this podcast. And I love it. I got to admit, I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, wish, yeah, I wish it was a, a possibility of knocking the cover off a lacrosse ball, but that wasn't possible. So if, yeah. I, if it was possible, I would have done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you say to a kid that um, is struggling with that fear, that fear response? Because obviously, you know, that mentality, that mindset, it's tough to learn, right? It's not like you can hear Greg Catrano say, oh, you need to attack the ball or you need to hurt the ball and then instantly go out on the field and be like, cool, I got it now. So how, what do you say to a young kid that is struggling with that? It's repetition. It's, you know, over and over and get used to seeing that ball coming at you. Mm-hmm. Get used it doesn't have to be hitting you. It's just getting, you know, it's going to your stick, you know, just over and over and over again. And, you know, I, I tell all these goalies that I've trained in my career, look at the ball, watch the ball. Okay. If you watch the ball, 
it will look bigger. Okay. And it will look bigger to you. It, it just, it, it, it'll move slower. It just, it, it's, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know why, but the more you focus on it, it's just focus and it's going to look bigger. It's going to look slower and it's not going to be as scary. It's when goalies aren't getting the repetition or when they're not focused on the ball, they're focused on other things or they just don't have, you know, they're just, you know, they're just not focused that one day in practice or a game. You know, that's when the ball seems to be moving a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Goalies playing more back on their heels, just not seeing the ball. And, you know, it's one of those things, oh, I didn't see the ball today. Well, you know why you didn't see it? Because you weren't looking at it. It's pretty simple, right? I mean, that's that's how, I, you know, oh, why did it look so big? Well, because you were looking at it. It's, that's it. And it, it takes that focus, but it's repetition over and over and over again. And you start to see it. It just becomes natural to you. Like I, like the example I gave with the attackman, if they're not seeing the ball coming at them, you know, thousands and thousands of times, they're just going to jump out of the way. They're going to be afraid. But if they would have seen it over and over, their, their natural reaction would be, oh, I want to try to stop it. I won't be as afraid, right? So it's repetition. Repetition. Yeah, and, I and love focus. that. And, and, focus. and focus and extreme focus. I think a lot of goalies underestimate the level of focus that you need to maintain for an entire game or an entire practice. It's just this extreme level of focus where I am so locked in. And like you said, the moment you start thinking about, you know, the cute girls or, or what I got to do at school or what I got, you know, anything else besides focusing on that ball is the moment when those shots like you said, start to pick up 10 to 12 miles per hour. They start to seem faster and you're not, you're not seeing it. So it's just this extreme level of focus. I was more mentally drained after games than physically. Yeah. Mentally, yeah. I had time to recover more than physically. And I was active. Okay. Yeah. Very physical in the goal. Right. But mentally it was a draining like every, like the, the tougher, I mean, I, I was just like, I, you, I think I, I walk a field, you can't even speak to me. I couldn't even, like, I was just so mentally, I just need to go. I could, I, it's not like I can go fall asleep because I was so worked up. Right. It was just more of those. It's just, I needed time to recover mentally because I was just so focused on the entire game and watching the ball that I, it's, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know? that's, yeah. But that's, that, that's something I was able to really, uh, you know, uh, master is the, the focus of the position. Love it. We'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later. So, and the repetition piece, uh, I love too, because the unique thing about lacrosse is there's just so many um, types of shots that you can see. I mean, if you think about like how a shooter can release, it's almost like infinite possibilities. Like, you know, I can, I can release here and shoot, shoot down. I can release low and shoot up. I can, I can, there's just so many options, but the more shots that you see, the more times you can say, okay, I've, I've seen that shot. You know That's what I right. mean? So I, th- I think it's just repetition. And a goalie emailed me the other week and was like, I don't, I don't really like practice. I don't like seeing shots in practice. To which I say like, that might, this might not be the right position for you. Cause like a- as a goalie, you have to love seeing shots. That's what we do, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have practice. I, I, Sometimes I wouldn't, you know, you know, playing the professional, like I, I go through practice and, and a, lot, a little bit tougher to focus in practice because um, it's hard to get up to that level like you would at games. Mm-hmm. So maybe I wasn't focused as much, but I was still seeing the shots, right? I was still getting the repetition and I would probably be letting a lot more in than I would like. But at the same time, I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, I was like, I, this is good for me. I'm seeing the shots. I'm seeing it. It's coming at me. I'm, I'm still even at like when I at the end of my career, I wanted to see more shots because and it, like I said, it, practice if they went in or not, 
I wasn't getting down to myself. We're in practice. I'm training right now. Right. It's mm-hmm. now, okay. When I get into the game, I've already seen this. Right. So uh, when I'm more, a little more focused in that game, I'll be able to just let my natural instincts take over and it becomes second nature. You know, if you're, not, if you're not seeing the shots in practice, whether they're going in or not in, in the goal or not, that's when you really can struggle in the games. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Uh, you talked a little bit about, you know, your style of play. How, let, let's touch on that a little bit. I mean, every goalie's got kind of a different style in terms of, you know, how they set up on the arc. Are they stepping out of 45? Are they stepping lateral? The stance, are you in like kind of a deep squat? Are you are you more upright, but still, you know, athletic? How, how do you describe kind of your style of play? Greg? Athletic. If anything, I was more athletic. Nothing. I wasn't up, up high. I wasn't down low. Um, you know, I kept my hands, you know, extended away from me, uh, away from my body. I thought that was very important. And, and every time I would, you know, goalie is a misconception. Everyone says, oh, you know, a lot of coaches say, you know, some coaches say, don't, you know, don't step, wait for the ball to get to you. Uh, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'll just disagree with it. <laughs> right. Uh, that's not how I played. Uh, but some goalies have success with that. And I think that's great. Um, you have goalie, goalie coaches say, oh, you have to step to the ball. Right. I, I think that's a very passive way to look at it, even if it's stepping, because stepping can be interpreted so many different ways. Uh, you could take a nice simple step, you know, like, you know, six inches, you can, you know, step one foot, two feet. I attacked. Mm-hmm. Okay. I attack the ball. Okay. And, and when I practice, and if you ever saw me, saw me in warmups, my, my, when I would take that first step, if the ball's going to my left side, and I just said step, but when I first, the ball's on my left side, I would attack on my left foot and my left foot would be outside the crease. Yeah. Okay. And I bring my back foot up. Right. And, and that's how I'd end up in a good square position outside the crease. And you might say, well, you're outside the crease. You make the save. You might get hit. I'm practicing that. That's in warmups. I'm attacking as much as I can. Cause I know when I get in the game, it might be half that. Right. But I was, I was getting to the attacking mentality. If I would just sit back and some goalies have success with it, just wait for the ball to come to it, it works. That's great, right? That would never, ever work for me. I'm not, my mentally, I'm not built that way. I was built to attack. And again, remember, I'm trying to hurt the ball, right? So I can't let the ball get to me. Um, That's what I like to teach Joel. Just don't, just don't stand back. Just don't step. Attack the ball when you see it coming at you. Do it repetition over and over again, right? Yeah. And, and everyone will look identical. You know, you go, I go through one, I can take 60 shots in warmups, every save, whether it's high, you know, except the position of the stick, whether it's stick side high, off stick side, low. Like my body was attacking the same exact way. I was ending in the same position that I started it, ready for, you know, square, ready for the next save. That's just how I approach it. Yeah, I love it. 100% agree. That's how I coach too. It's kind of, you want to get that body behind, behind the ball. Um, and it does start with the step. So a lot of times, you know, you hear that and you go, all right, step to it. But you, you know, it doesn't end there. Like you're exploding through the shot, right? Yeah. Like it's not just a simple step. Cause if you take that one step and then kind of stop there, like you are not exploding through the shot and getting your body behind the ball. So it sounds like we share the same philosophy on that. It's awesome. Yeah. I would leave my hands away from my body. Like I said, in my starting position, shot would come out. I would basically lead with my hands. If anything, I was attacking with my hands my feet would follow, right? That's what would happen. So I'm attacking my entire body, just not my feet. If you were just to take a step, you might step into your hands, right? And then you're getting, you know, the stick might get caught up in your helmet, it gets caught up in here. You know, you don't want that. You, I, I always want to catch the ball or, or block the ball, whatever it might be. If you know, I didn't catch it in my shaft, away from my body, okay? And by attacking it. And 
uh, my feet would just naturally follow my hands. I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't ex attack with your hands and explode towards the ball and keep your feet behind you. That's virtually impossible. We're not Gumby, right? <laughs> uh, and and if you if you just attack with your feet, you might step into your hands, right? And that's that's how I approached it. Yeah, awesome. Growing up, growing up in the you know in the '90s, um, there obviously wasn't any professional leagues to watch. There wasn't um, you know as much lacrosse on TV as there is now. How did you, or who were some of the goalies that you learned from? Uh, I'm mostly focused, I guess, uh, you know, in the 1980s, even go through the 80s, early 90s, uh, you know, a, a Rich Betcher who was a goalie at Warren Mebel High School. He played a thousand. Um, I remember Pat Olmert was at North Carolina, um, a goalie that comes to mind. Um, some goalies that I follow. I can't say I try to uh, replicate their games because, again, we didn't have much video mm -hmm. <laughs> to watch. You know, you just, heard of them maybe through a like, newspaper article or something much much different in the late 80s early 90s right when I'm in, still in high school um uh you know Sally Cassio uh comes to mind as well you know but again wasn't really seeing much you know tape of him you know go, I would go to camps I'd see different goalies from colleges um but like you know if anyone it was more from my high school that I was going to play because I would see them play. And uh, it's Rich Betcher. He graduated in the late eighties. He's, he's one that I, I probably saw the most. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I grew up uh, like you in the no Instagram, no YouTube era. So, you know, we'd get our hands on a, on a VHS copy of the national championship game and just watch that thing on repeat uh, <laughs> until, yeah. until it broke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. That's right. I love it. Uh, well, cool. So then, then you get to high school and, you know, by that point, I imagine, I imagine you've converted fully into goalie. Is that, <laughs> is that right? Or how'd your high school lacrosse career go? Yeah, I was a goalie even through middle school. At that point mm -hmm. I made the full transition and, uh, remember I was a sophomore at Warren Mevel high school. This is the days where really, uh, only junior and seniors are making the varsity team, but uh, I was, I made the varsity team as a sophomore as one of the one of the first ever in the district or the program to, to, as a sophomore, to make the, the varsity team. I, I did not start that year is more, I guess, to get me the experience uh, to step in for when I was uh, a junior. Um, and, you know, the junior, the junior team we had won the state championship, very talented team. Uh, I mean, we were, we were awesome. I think it was, I know, I actually know we played 22 games. I think we let up like 64 goals over the 22 games. Um, we scored like 300 and something. Yeah. Um, we had such a great team. I, I remember, you know, like I said, 22 and 0. Um, uh, and uh, that was one of the most memorable years of playing lacrosse that I've ever had. It was such a fun time in high school. That's crazy. Thir three, three goals against uh, average. <laughs> not, not, not too bad. Huh? I, I actually, I, yeah, I scored four goals that year too. <laughs> from, goalie, from the goalie position. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's that's an element that I love about your game is you're not afraid to uh, you know take matters into your own hands and run into the into the offensive side. Um, and I think you know I'm a shorter goalie. I'm five foot eight. I think you're probably a little taller, but but still you know on the on the shorter athletic side. And I love that part about your game. Yeah, love it, love it. So at what point did you start getting looks from from colleges, or what? At what point did you start realizing like, oh, you know, pretty good at pretty good at making saves. I could probably, I could probably uh, play this at the next level. 
I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, going to where I knew my sophomore year, I wanted to play this in college, but it couldn't really get recognized or contacted from colleges until it was different back then. So until I think it was like July or August going into my senior year. So colleges weren't contact. There was no early commitment. It was just like you're waiting. I think it was July 1st mm-hmm. going into your senior year. So I wasn't talking to any colleges before, even during that junior year. Right. So, uh, but I knew I wanted to play in college, uh, you know, in college. And I, I was trying to use lacrosse as much of a springboard into college because I wanted to play at the highest level after high school. Right. Um, so I remember getting a bunch of calls, you know, as soon as that open period, you know, started where college coaches can start reaching out. So that was uh, a fun time for me and my family, you know? Yeah. Um, and you end up, you end up going to Brown. Um, what, what made you choose that program? Um, so I narrowed it down, um, you know, early, well, after going through the recruiting process, I remember I narrowed it down to Brown, Princeton, Loyola, UNC, and UVA. So, all right, I had five really good schools that I narrowed it down to to play lacrosse at. And um, UNC was a team I rooted for my entire um, high, junior high and high school career. So that was nice. But uh, I then fell into like, wow, I have a really good opportunity. And it's nothing against any other schools. So I have an opportunity to go into an Ivy, you know, Ivy League school, get an Ivy League education. Um, I thought that was really, really neat at the time. I was like, this is a great opportunity. I know I can succeed there. I had good grades. Um, so really narrowed it down to Princeton and Brown and just the overall fit for me. I just thought uh, I was more comfortable at Brown. I mean, Brown was coming off a, a really good year. You know, nothing, again, nothing against Princeton, nothing against program. Bill Tierney was the coach there. I mean, it, it would have been, you know, and they were winning national championships back then too. I just thought overall from a uh, academic standpoint and experience standpoint, Brown was a better fit for me, for me and my personality. I, I really loved the open curriculum they had. It was just a, it was just a feel, right? Um, I remember though calling uh, Coach Tierney um, and letting him know I was not going to go to Princeton. And uh, there was about the most one of the most uncomfortable calls. And I, I've talked to Coach Tierney. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I've gotten to know him over the years uh, several times afterwards. But I could tell you that, that 30 seconds to a minute that was silent on the call um, was the most intimidating experience of probably of my life. <laughs> Again, I'm in like a, I'm like 17 years old, right? And the only words I think he said were, you're never going to win a national championship at Brown. You'll only win them at Princeton. Right. And I think he hung up. So, so during my tenure, four year tenure at Brown, um, Princeton won three championships and he had, so, and he had said, if you went to Princeton, we would have won four. (laughs) So you screwed me over, Greg. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Um, So that had to been, what, what year was that? 91? Uh, so I, I graduated from high school in 93. So uh, been ni- my years in, uh, during the high school, oh, the college season was 94 through 97. 94. Awesome. Awesome. That's hilarious. That's an uncomfortable call when you got to tell a coach that, you know, you, you've been through a lot in the recruiting process. You kind of get to know them. They get to know your family. Um, I imagine at that point, like, at, at, at back at, back in those, did they come to visit your house too? Well, the, head, the head coaches were coming to my house. They were having dinner at my house. 
uh, with the family there for three to four hours. I mean, you know, Coach Tierney sitting at the dining room table talking to my parents, great experience. Uh, Dom Starger, you know, when he, when he was at Virginia, he was sitting at the table. Peter Lasagna, when he, you know, Brown, he was there as well. It was just uh, you know, amazing experience to go through that. So you really get to know them on more of a personal level. So it makes that call to say, I'm not going to be attending your school much tougher, but it really tough with Coach Tierney, you know? Yeah. And I dreaded the call and it was, uh, yeah, he made me feel that. <laughs> yeah. But I still awesome. made the right choice. So, uh, yeah, I, no, no matter, I knew I made the right choice and that was it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talking about that, a lot of kids, you know, stress about the recruiting process. And at the end of the day, like, you know what, if you went to Princeton, you probably would have had a great experience. Right. I mean, you went to Brown, you had a great experience, you know, at the end of the day, like being able to play this great game and getting an elite education, um, you're doing great. Right. So, you know, I think a lot of people panic about like, oh, I'm not getting looks at these schools. I'm not getting looks at that schools. And a lot of my advice is just like, calm down, keep working hard and it's going to pan out like you're going to end up in a great spot. Yeah. And it's just the beginning of our lives and our careers, right? It's not the end all be all. If you don't get to play for the NCAA team that you've dreamt of playing for, right? It's, it's the entire experience of going through it and, and wherever you're recruited or wherever you wind up going, you make it the right experience, right? You go in with an open mindset. This is the best, this is what I'm doing and I'm going to make the best of it. Right. And I'm going to flourish here. Right. And that's, I'm going to work hard. This is where I want to be. And it's meant to happen that way. It's when, you know, some people, I'm I'm just going to fall back and go to that school. Like, that's just, I don't think that's a good attitude, right? It's, it's, you know, going open, you're not always going to get recruited by the schools you want to go to, and that's okay. You know, there's a a place for all of us. Yeah. Uh, So you get to Brown, and I I imagine, you know, now that you're playing at at the the next level, it's a little bit faster, a little bit quicker. Um, Did you, you know, adjust your goalie game once you got to Brown? Yeah, I think that's the year I really started. Uh, well, I got into my freshman year. I played behind Jay Stalford, who was a second-team All-American uh, in 1994. Uh, awesome, talented goalie. So I was able to learn underneath him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, yeah, everything was a little bit faster. So I had to adjust my game based on that. And then, I, you know, was, my sophomore year, I, I started. I started, um, you know, a few games. And uh, I was still trying to get a grasp of the position in the college level. It's again a lot faster, and I wound up getting benched one game. And uh, then I, I was no longer the starter. I was, I, there was a I was a sophomore. There's a junior that was playing ahead of me. Then at that time, so he started like five straight games, and it was like it was during that moment when I was on the bench because this is the first time in my career where I didn't like, I, like, I, I didn't start my you know my my freshman year because there was another you know there was already an all American starter. It was the first time in my career where, well, I could start, but I'm not, right? So how do I, how do I learn from this experience right now, right, while I'm not playing? And the one thing I learned is, one, you got to just always, no matter what position you're in, whether you're on the bench playing, you, you're the same type of teammate, right? You got you to gotta keep an open mindset. You got to support your team and, and, and cheer on the other goalie, but always be ready, right? Be ready. We all have, we all get knocked down, right? We all have to get back up and it's what we do when we get back up, right? We can, we're, it's really what we do when we're down. More importantly, do we just sulk in a corner? Do we just knock it up? Right? Like I knew there was going to be an opportunity for me. So I always, I just put myself into the right mindset, support my team and just be ready to go. And I remember 
you know, the other goalie, he was struggling in what turned out to be the Ivy League championship game. Uh, it was different back then. We didn't have a championship. It was just a six-game season. Mm-hmm. We were playing Cornell, and whoever won would would win the Ivy League championship. And he went. He wound up getting t- taken out in the first quarter, and the coach was like, you're going back in. And I'm like, here's my, here's my shot. So it's what I've done the last five games to prepare me for this, right? Keep it that open mindset, being ready to go at all times. And I had one of my best games in my college career. And and it's it's funny. I, I wound up scoring the game winning goal as a goalie. Yeah, I love it. In the Ivy League Championship. And from that point on, I learned so much about facing that adversity that I had faced of being, you know, benched. We all face different things in life and our career, but that was pretty like, wow, that's pretty adverse for me. But it's yeah. it's battling through that and keeping the right mindset. And then I I wound up taking that over like in any game I approach, hey, you're gonna have tough games, bounce back. You're going to have tough days in life, bounce back. Right. And that's a, from that point on, I was able then just to run with my game uh, from then on. Wow. Love it. Great story. Um, great story. So you met, you mentioned being, being ready kind of as like a key, a key theme there. If, if a goalie is, you know, the number two guy or uh, on the bench, just always be ready. What does uh, like practical, practical wise, what does that look like for you? Are you, you know, are you taking shots outside of practice? Is it more of like a mindset thing? What, what is, you know, what is, uh, how do you get ready? Honestly, I was, I, you know, it was more of a mindset. I, I, I approached the practices this and extra practice the same way as did as when I was a starter. It's not like I practiced more or less. I didn't try to obsess over it. It was like, I'm just going like, to, okay, I'm just going to keep working hard because I was already working hard in practice. So I already knew that. And so I knew like, you know, getting extra repetitions could be good, but I also had to make sure I was mentally strong through all of it saying, okay, just continue to work hard in your practice with your teammates, continue to do it. Don't do not get down. Do not put your head down. Do not lose that focus. And that was the toughest part of it. Right. Because again, you're down, right. You're like, in a way, like I used to be the starter, now I'm not, but I didn't let that bother me. Right. It was adversity for me, but I was like, I'm not going to let this bother. I'm going to be ready. And it was more of the mental side of things. And again, it's no no different than having a bad game. You have to bounce back. And it's, you know, going out, having a bad game. And then, you know, if you're an attack and having a bad game and then go shoot on a goal, you know, a couple hundred times after the game might not make you better the next game. But if you just like, okay, I had a bad game. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? And mentally handle it and say, okay, let me get to the next game. It's a fresh game again and approaching. I've been working hard. You'll probably bounce back a lot faster. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I had a sports psychologist on the podcast and he said uh, this great little phrase, which is it's, it's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. Cause we're going to have, I mean, you know, as goalies, it, it, that's what you're talking about. We're as goalies, we're going to have setbacks, whether that be like giving up a goal, giving up four goals in, in, you know, a minute, uh, having a bad game, having a bad practice. So it's not about that loss that you take. It's like, do you just, do you recover and get a win or do you up here mentally take seven losses in a row? You know what I mean? But it's the same way facing shots and, you know, in lacrosse, we're going to, you know, goalies are going to let seven, eight goals in a row. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's going to happen. And I, I, I train myself every time I let the goal, they start in college, take the ball out of the goal, hand it to the official and bring your defense in. That's it. Every time. Okay. Keep your head up, face the next shot. And if that one goes in, do the same thing again. If the next one goes in, do the same thing again. 
Just continue to do the same. Do not get down. It'll be okay. You'll bounce back. Okay. Sometimes, Hey, maybe that rest of the game, you don't save anymore, but then you got to get ready to bounce back the next game. Right. It does come back. As long as, you know, you don't want to just, you don't want to just completely lose. I've seen goalies with all the talent in the world. You know, you go into practice, they're not saving, they're not, they're not letting any goals in. They get in the games, they let one goal, then maybe yeah. two, and then they just completely fall apart. And you can see they're just totally out of their game because they're not able to handle that bounce back, right? That comeback, yep. which is important as a goalie. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you're, you know, even if you're having a horrible game, um, I mean, we just watched the, I just watched the national championship game. I don't, I don't know if you watched that one, but you know, let's say like the goalies didn't have the, the best game. I mean, it was 18 to 17. That's a lot of goals, right? But the goalie makes a save right at the end, you know, and wins it for his team, right? Sometimes that's all you need. All you need is that one or two saves to get your team into the game. You know, and I think what, you know, and, and Maryland and Virginia as teams, they were able to keep their composure as teams. Cause even though the goalies, if you looked at them, I didn't see the goalie. They were letting up goals, okay? And a lot, a lot of high percentage shots too, but it doesn't matter, yeah. right? I mean, there's a lot of goals. But if you looked at them, I didn't see them getting down on themselves. I didn't see, I, I saw them keeping their heads up. And I saw them being leaders out there in the field. And that's important because not only is it good for their own uh, mindset in the game, but it's what they're telling their teammates as well. Like, hey, you can trust me still, right? Like, I trust you, you trust me in the goal. Imagine if a goalie's just slamming his stick against the pipe, putting his head down or crying after he lets up a goal. What's a defense and the rest of your team going to think? I mean, they're just going to be deflated, right, if they see the goalie deflated. Mm-hmm. But they weren't. I saw them keep their heads up, and I think that let the teams play a lot better on the field. They still had the confidence in their goalie. And then uh, the Virginia goalie, you know, he made that save at the end of the game. It was, it was phenomenal, you know, to see. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's all about, it's all about remaining positive, remaining, um, you know, that – that leader because when you look at these like slow motion plays like you're right like a lot of these are just elite shots I mean the guy's driving from x leaning back like around the defender low to high stings a corner right and you can see that awesome an awesome shot on the t on on the television broadcast but as a goalie you're like oh I just I just lit up that sometimes a lot of people say oh I just let up a goal man I'm letting the team down and, and no, that's not the way to think about it. The, the way to think about it is like, oh, I was on that one. He, he stung the corner. Great. I'm going to get the next one, right? Yeah, as a goalie, you got to know you're going to be in the spotlight. And you, mm-hmm. if you're going to play in the position, you know you're going you're gonna to fail at times. You're going to let up goals. You're going to lose games. You have to accept that. You have to accept that before you can even be a successful goalie. You have to fail. You have to let up goals. And if you're not letting up goals in practice and you're not failing – you're going to struggle later on in your career. You know, um, you know, listen, I was fortunate enough early on where I, like I told you, I was getting shutouts and not letting up many goals, but I never let it bother me. you know, and I, it, it helped develop me still because I always, you know, I realized, okay, I'm going to let up shots, but I, I just got to keep a positive attitude and really face the next shot and, and, and just go to make that save. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, it takes, a, a, it takes a mental, certain mental aptitude to be able to handle the goalie position, you just got to accept what it is. You're going to fail. Yeah. And you got to be comfortable with that. And you almost got to embrace it. You know, you almost got to embrace that challenge because if you don't have challenges in your life, like if you just go through getting shutouts every game or playing for the best teams, like you're never going to grow as a, as a goalie or as a person. Right. Right. So you, you, you know, when, when that challenge comes, when you got benched, 
right? It's that time like, great, this is awesome. This is my chance to overcome this challenge. And at the end of it, I'm going to be a better goalie and I'm going to be a better uh, man. That's right. Yeah. 100%. I totally agree with that. Love that. Uh, you mentioned the mental p- part of the game, so much of what we do, and we've touched on it in this, in this chat, like so much of what we do as goalies is, is up here is, is, is the mental game. What, you know, when you think about mental toughness, Greg, what, you know, how do you, how do you think about it? How do you teach goalies to be mentally tough? You know, uh, it's one of the toughest things uh, to teach goalies, but it's constant, uh, you know, constantly reminding them, you know, when you're working with goalies that it, it's okay to fail. It's okay to let up shots. It's okay to let up goal. It's okay. It's that, con- you know, just constantly reminding them of it. And I think that's important because some goalies just can't accept it. And I think they need to hear it over and over again. And that's important for them to be, you know, start being mentally, you know, tougher. Um, you know, for me, I mean, a, a lot of, I don't want to say I was born with it, but I was developed too from just being, tougher, as I said earlier, with playing against my, my, my older brother, you know, he, he helped develop my mental toughness, right. And being able to face it. And, you know, if he did score, which is probably pretty rare, um, like I wouldn't let that bother me because I'd be ready for the next one. And it, it helped develop me early on, but it's really constantly reminding, Hey, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Let up a goal. Let's you know, your form's good. Your technique's good. It's going to come. It's going to come. Don't just don't let, don't get frustrated, you know, and that's hard. It's hard for a goalie to grasp because not uh, probably a majority of them don't grasp it. You know, unfortunately you see a lot of goalies with all the talent, physical talent. They just, um, you know, they get into that spotlight and they left goals and they can handle it. (laughs) These dogs, I'll tell you. One, one second. Okay. Got to get myself another office here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love what I love what you were talking about there. Um, you know, so 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 important uh, and so tough and so tough. You know, I, I I don't know like the best way to think about it, but you know, you had you had your senior year when you at Brown when you won goalie of the year, 68, 68% safe percentage. And that is just like a leap. Like nowadays, you know, if, if you can get, I don't know, 60%, right. you know, you're, you're an elite goalie. And that means four out of 10 times, guess what? Like you're picking the ball out of the back of the net and you just got to get comfortable with that. That's right. Yeah. And I was able to get comfortable early on. Like I said, it's about being able to bounce back from that failure. Yep. Yep. Love it. <laughs> um, Awesome. So you do win goalie of the year that, you know, your senior year at Brown, was there something that you did, you know, differently going into that year? Or do you think it's just, you know, the sort of progression of, of having, you know, two, two and a half years of, of starting experience under your belt at that point? You know, a lot of it, just experience. Um, mm-hmm. you no, know, just, um, again, I can't say I was doing anything different my, my senior year. I think, you know, uh, what occurred my sophomore year, you know, the adversity I faced to be able to, you know, uh, come back after, you know, falling down, you know, um, that, that, that helped, you know, I just, uh, but I can't say I was doing anything different. It was just more of experience. We had a, we had a really good team. I had a great defense in front of me. Obviously that helps, you know, when you're seeing, you know, uh, uh, higher percentage shots to save. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say it's anything one I can, you know, specifically I can, I can look at that, um, you know, that I made a change that year. It was just a natural progression. 
Yeah. On those Brown teams, I guess in your goalie game in general, uh, were you like a real loud vocal guy? Were you like one of the leaders of the team or were you kind of more the, the silent, strong, silent type of goalie? Yeah, I, I, I was yapping away the entire time, whether it's, uh, you know, calling out where the ball was, but more or less calling out what was going on out, you know, away from the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a good field sense. So I was not, you know, I knew where the ball was. I tell everyone, but then I was basically calling out what was going on in the crease area. Who's going to get the slide, but really who's going to back up slide. Who's got his back, all this stuff. I was constantly chirping and expecting my defense to chirp back at me as well. And, uh, but I was more of a, I was vocal out there. And when I really wasn't talking, I wasn't part of my game. It was, I, I, I was off my game. Um, yeah. you know, I was then just focused too much then on, oh no, I, I got to save the ball. And that's not, I let naturally happen. Right. <laughs> like, you know, when I start thinking about, oh, I got to save this one, I got to save this one. Oh, that, that, I'm going to let that one in. That's going in. Right. It's you know, just focus on the ball, naturally do it and let, all your practice come into play and you'll make the save. That's how I looked at it. Now, um, you're a New Yorker. I don't know why I asked that question. Of course, you're loud and vocal and <laughs> chirping. And I, was talking, I was talking my hands too out there in the field as well. As That's right. A New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, awesome. And so you graduate from Brown and kind of go into the, into the MLL, but also the NLL. Right. I, what, what, how was it playing in, in, in the NLL? If we could just touch on that real quick. Yeah, that, that was fun. You know, playing for the New York saints, you know, I went to a bunch of saints games and Nassau Coliseum growing up. That was fun to be able to, you know, play the indoor game. Uh, as a goalie it, or as a, as a field yeah, I was, player. I was a, I was a goalie. It, it didn't really suit my style much. Um, you know, I couldn't be as active and I would, you know, they would, my coaches would tell me, Oh, you just, just, just stand there. And just block the goal. I'm like, yeah, I, I got to move around, right? <laughs> I can't just, I can't just stay there. I got to attack. No, you don't attack. You step back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's not really going to work out. Now I had some, you know, I, I did start a few games, and I, I remember I was game MVP one game. I had some success, but it just wasn't. It just wasn't for me. And I left left it after a few years. But yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. It just, it was field game style. was more more your style of, of running around, being active, being loud, exactly. being vocal. Yeah, love it. Love it. Well, you had quite the successful MLL career. I think, uh, I mean, I think I read in, in, in the league's first five seasons, I mean, you were in the championship game every, every single year. That, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. I mean, I, I was fortunate to play with some great teams, um, you know, great defenses as well. Um, yeah. But it, that was a, it was a fun experience to play in the first five and for three different teams too, which was which was, which was great. You know, um, first three with Baltimore, then Philly and then, uh, New York. Yeah. Um, any cool stories come to mind from your time playing in the MLL? Um, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say as much of a cool story as about the uh, transition. When I, when I traded, got traded from Baltimore to Philadelphia, I was, uh, I was traded for the number one pick, which turned out to be Mikey Powell going to, uh, Baltimore. I, I was going to Philly. I, I had, I'd asked for a trade because I was living in New York at the time and, and commuting down to Baltimore was kind of tough. Um, and I asked for, you know, a uh, trade uh, and they were trading me to Bridgeport, which is just a ferry ride across from uh, Long Island. And then Bridgeport wound up relocating to Philadelphia, which only got me about an hour closer to home. Um, so, so I went up going to Philly, but Philly was coming off a, what, uh, they were one in 11 and, uh, you know, to be able to go from Baltimore and then go to a team that was one eleven and then, 
you know, bring that team to a championship that year, you know, uh, and we started off, it was one in 11 the year before, and then we started off one and four and then two and five. And I just remember it was one of the best teams I've ever played on because everyone, no one got down. This is coming up, you know, team that, you know, one 11 the year before and now oh, two and five. And we all had a, we just had the different mindset. Like we're going to run the table right now. And, and we did, we actually ran the table and, because we we just were focused. We're like, we know we're better than we're playing. And I just remember that the day before the championship game uh, that we that, that we won that year, we, instead of going to practice, we went to the hotel pool and played, you know, uh, water polo. And and uh, it, it was just, a, we were just re- very relaxed. We're like, we know we're going to play well. Let's just, you know, it's just, we practiced hard. Let's just let it take over. And, uh, you know, we won the championship game. And that was one of the more memorable seasons I've had playing because, it was going from, you know, a losing season the year before the seller to the championship. Right. And that was very fulfilling, you know, not to say some of my other championships, the one in Baltimore that I want fulfilling, you know, I had great years there. It just this Philadelphia one really stands out. I love it. Love it. Great story. What do you say to a kid who is in the midst of a season where their team is one and four and their team is two and five? Uh, Cause it's tough. You know, that's a tough spot to be in. And like the, the wheels can come off the wagon really quickly as a team, as guys start getting down on one another. What do you say to, you know, a goalie in that, in that spot? So at the end of the day, no matter whether you're winning or losing, uh, you want to be able to look yourself in the mirror and be able to say, did I give everything I had? You know, I might've, might've, you know, failed. I'm not, I'm playing well. I'm keeping my head up. I'm still letting up goals. We're still losing. Um, but at the end of the season, if it's even a losing season, you know, did you do everything? You know, you gotta be able to ask yourself that question. Did I do everything? for this team to succeed this year. And if the answer is yes, that's okay. okay then you did it. Your, if, you, if it's no, what are you learning from that? Right. What can you take on to your next year? You know, so even when your team's down, you, you know, you're down two and five, look at yourself in the mirror, think to yourself, what do, what do I need to change? What do I need to do better? And sometimes it doesn't come out that year, right? You sometimes it's just the, the cards aren't there, right? You're playing great teams. The ball's not bouncing your way. It happens. Right. But, you know, you got to be able to look at yourself and say, am I given everything I have mentally and physically? And yeah. uh, hopefully you can answer yes. Right. But, you know, but if you answer no, okay, but then what are you going to do with that, right? To take your game to, you know, the next level. That's not, that's everything in life, right? That's just not in sports, you know? Um, you know, that's the one thing I would, I would say to anybody out there with that. Yeah, it's great coaching. Great coaching. Um, Speaking of that, I mean, you're, you coach goalies. I don't know if you still do it today, but, but you know, there, there was a time when you were, you were coaching uh, elite goalies, um, including Jack Kelly, right? Uh, Jack Kelly, I, uh, I maybe only worked you, with Who'd you work? Matt Russell. Matt Russell. Matt Russell, yeah. Matt there Russell I worked with early on. I got to know Matt Russell early on in my career. Um, you know, obviously All-American. Uh, first team, one of the most talented goalies in the history of the game at Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to know Matt really well. Um, I also had, I had the privilege of working with Logan Shamblin, uh, Detroit Mercy. He just graduated from Detroit Mercy, you know, Division One program. I think it was a three-year starter there. You know, a bunch of all-conference uh, roles. He, phenomenal and talented goalie. Um, worked with him while we lived in Michigan. He lived in Michigan together. Got to know him pretty well. Um, and I, I worked with plenty of other goalies out there. I'm actually uh, going to see an old college buddy, uh, this weekend, he's uh, he runs a program in North Carolina. I'm going to work with some of his goalies this Saturday. So uh, I still get out there when I can. It's not as often. 
yeah. as I would like. Um, but you know, I, I love I love working with goalies. Yeah, love it. So when you when you were working with uh, with Matt Russell, who I've had on the show, by the way, awesome, awesome guy, awesome guy. When you were working with him, you know, what kind of is it more technique? Like, I, I you know, or, or or are you working on the mental side? Like, how? What's your style of coaching goalies? How do you go about? It was a little, a little bit different. I, I like to lean more on the mental side of things, if anything else, because not everyone, like like we said, like you know, they're going to be goalies who attack more and might sit back. Because mm-hmm. not everyone's built the same physically. Like. I just had very quick feet and quick hands. Not every goalie has as quick of hands. So maybe they have to adjust. Maybe they have to sit back a little bit more on the goal. That's okay. But the mental side of things doesn't, that doesn't change, right? right. It's no matter what physical attributes you have, you have to have the same, you know, mental toughness. And that's what I just try to reinforce in goalies. Um, especially like, Hey, the, the, the one thing I open up every camp with and clinic with is what's the most important thing about goaltending. And everyone's raising their hand like, oh, it's saving the ball. I'm like, nah, that's not the most important thing. They look at me like I'm crazy. Um, you know, oh, it's talking to your defense. No, that's not it. No one ever gets it, right? To me, the answer is being able to handle getting scored on. That's the most important thing about goaltending. Mm-hmm. Hands down. You're not. You're going to let goals. It's what you do when you let the goals, like we've been talking about, right? And, and it's like, whoa, wow. He just started off a goalie clinic saying that's the most important thing about goaltending is letting up goals. Yeah, let that click in, right? Let that yeah. click because it isn't – you have to be able to handle it because it doesn't matter. If you can't handle getting scored on, then just go play attack. Go play yeah. media. Go play – you know, go play another sport, you know, because you're not, you're not going to be able to hack it. And, uh, you know, so that's the main thing I teach goalies when I'm working with them. Yeah. I even go so far as to, like – practice your post goal post giving up a goal routine yeah right? like so you have it you know hardwired in your brain like so ball goes over your shoulder into the goal like i know the four steps i need to do like deep breath pick up the ball like maintain yeah. strong strong uh, body language bring in the team right or you know whatever it is for you whatever your sort of reset routine is but then practicing that because so um so many goalies have just a hardwired response where a ball goes over over their shoulder palm palms go up they've got like poor body language and then you know the the, the mind starts running and you can't get back into the game so you, that's something you got to work on that's right i teach every I, I i show every goalie this is what i do after i let the goal you know i reach into the goal take the ball i hand to the official bring my defense in hey let's get the next one yeah Go. That's it. I mean, and that's so important because uh, again, it's not you not only send a message to your own teammates and yourself, you also send a message to the other team, right? That you that didn't bother you, right? Imagine a team of the opposing team seeing you put your arms up in the air and your head going down. I mean, they're just like, oh man, this is open season. We got in his head, right? <laughs> that mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to be the goalie on the receiving end of that. Right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, well, I love it. Uh, well, thanks, Greg, so much for coming on the show. This has been this has been so much fun. It, do you think if you had to go back and give the younger Greg Catrano some some goalie advice, what what would you tell him? Shoot more. Shoot more. Yeah. Well, you scored the first goal in in MLL MLL history, huh? But shoot, shoot more. more. No, yeah, uh, yeah. Stop passing. Stop passing to these attackmen. Let's go. I passed too much when I took it over the midline. No, that's, I'm, I'm joking. Um, you know, it, it's hard. It's really hard to say. I mean, there's a lot of things I probably, you know, would have taught the young goalie, but I, I you know, I, I, I think, like I said, I, I developed my game early on and just, you know, it was a natural progression. I, I've taken a lot of, 
instruction from many coaches listened, you know, all the time. It's hard for me to look back and say, what, what, what could have, could have I done differently? I mean, I, but I had a lot of good people around me, including my father, who was really my, my main coach, you know, in my career, you know, he, he, he was there that, you know, looking at me, making sure I, you know, like I was handling every shot, not getting down and so forth. And, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, th- that was a major role for me. So I don't think I would change anything or even say anything except maybe go, you know, score more. Know, score more. There we go. Let's leave, leave it right there. I love that. Um, you're now, uh, you know, as most lacrosse players or lacrosse goalies do working in, in the professional world. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing and then, you know, is, is there any, any lessons that you learned as a lacrosse goalie um, or, or just playing the sport that you, you know, that you use day to day in your professional career? Well, I'm, I'm a vice president of sales for a paddle sports company right now. And obviously uh, when you're in sales, it's very competitive. Um, it's, you know, pretty intense. Um, you're always trying to win. Right. So yeah. all that fits pretty well with my upbringing in sports, you know, uh, very competitive, wanting to win. So uh, I, w- I was able to carry that into my professional career. Um, it's funny. I had a conference call this morning with someone. We were, we were actually talking about that, how, you know, everything I did in sports really translated what I do in my profession. Right. So it's, uh, you know, but that's, that's the similarities I see like in the position I'm in, you know, in a leadership position as well as a vice president um, is, you know, being supportive, be, being a team player, uh, to those, not only am I working with my peers or the people that work for me, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're only as good as a, you know, the team, right. It's, mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing that's my management style. It's, uh, is, you know, if you need support, we're here to help each other, right. It's, you know, you're not gonna be hung out to dry, you know, let's, uh, let's work the problem and win together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and the other thing too, is probably a similar mindset of, you know, doing sales deals versus, lacrosse goalie where yeah we want to win them all right like yeah i want to make all the saves but you're not going to you're not going no. to right and so when you do lose a, a deal or when you do give up a goal it's like all right let's learn from that and move on right same exact thing that's yeah. how i look same yeah. approach love it uh well i i wish you many uh so many sales deals or many virtual equivalents of running the length of the field and scoring on the opposing goalie. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is tons of fun. Uh, if you had to leave the kids out there with, with one last piece of advice, what, what would that be? Okay. Continue to work hard. Keep your head up. Um, you know, face that adversity. Keep, you know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to let up goals. Just, uh, you know, face the next one. If you let it in, face the next one. Just, just keep that head up at all times and just keep working hard. Love it. Thank you so much. All right. So there you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Greg the Cat Catrano. Definitely one of the best goalies to ever, ever step into the crease. Uh, interesting to hear his story, how he grew up, how he learned the position, and just some of the mindsets that he takes into this position, attacking the ball, hurting the ball, trying to rip the cover off of the ball. Those are some of the phrases that he used that I've never really heard of to describe the aggressive mindset that goalies really need to be successful in this position. Hope you enjoyed that episode. That will do it this week for the Lax Goalie Rap podcast. As always, hope you're out there getting some work in, being well, doing well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. 
You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.